This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige and engineering first. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello, welcome back to the World's Best Construction Podcast. I am Fred Mills, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Luke and Liam. How are you doing this week, guys? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. It's um, I'm not going to be the typical British person and complain about the weather and that it's raining and it's grey and it's dark, but I'm excited to uh, talk some buildings, mate, especially this week's topic. I'm looking forward to chatting that with you, but other than that, all good, uh... Yeah, you're right. You're right, Fred. You doing okay? Yeah, yeah all good. It's uh, yeah, you're doing right at the minute. Actually. Lots, lots happening. Lots of good, exciting things happening for this year. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about today's topic as well. This is this is pretty mental. It's like put lots of uh, crazy things together, boil them up, and make this crazy video. So yeah, I'm very excited to talk about this. It's gonna be good. <laughs> it's gonna be good. How you doing, Liam? How's things down under? Good, mate. Good mate, good, good, good. Back into back into the swing of things. Um, can't believe we're already in our second week of Jan. It's gone pretty quick. Feels like Christmas was a long time ago. But uh, I'm ready to crack. Yeah, it's slightly depressing, well. isn't it? Slight, Ooh. slightly depressing, isn't it? Like, yeah, a little bit. Well, it's kind of like summer's on the wind down now. We're you know a couple months left, so I'm sort of easy into that. You know, we got um, we got a few months till our summer. And then we get it for a week, and then we don't get it for a week, and then and then it's meant. To, I was talking to a guy on the weekend who just moved here from Nigeria, right? Him and his wife, and um, I was like, "Mate, why did you move here in the winter?" And he was like, "Oh, you know, it's just the way things worked out, jobs worked out, and stuff." I was like, "Are you are you struggling?" He was like, "I can't believe it. I can't." believe people live like this and i'm like ah it's all right mate it's all right when you're down the pub and you've got a bonfire and everything oh it's beautiful it's beautiful really but anyway fred (laughs) (laughs) take it back mate oh yeah no i was was gonna go off on one then about britain but i won't i won't i love it here i do actually love it here i've traveled the world a lot and i think yeah take some being old great britain that and the nordics it's pretty pretty good place to be that's that's a whole big debate for another podcast. We'll come back to that later on. This week, guys, we've got for you uh, a billionaire, and we've actually got an interview with the billionaire, Mark Laurie, who is building a $400 billion city in the US desert. This thing is absolutely mental. We're going to talk about that in detail today. Also got an incredible new library that's opened over in Beijing, London's new vertical science campus, which is coming to Canary Wharf. And as ever, the whole thing is sprinkled with some of your comments from the week. Let's go. (music) 
so first up this week, we have got the billionaire building a $400 billion city in the US desert. So this came out over on Tomorrow's Build, uh, our sister channel to the B1M back on Tuesday. And the guys at Tomorrow's Build scored a pretty incredible world-exclusive interview with billionaire businessman, US businessman, Mark Laurie. Now, if you haven't heard of Mark Laurie before, he's a former Walmart executive and also the founder of Jet.com and diapers.com i kid you not i hadn't actually heard of mark laurie i don't know if this is a, a bad, i recognized the face when i saw him but the the, the the team were like oh yeah mark laurie mark laurie and i'm like oh never heard of him he's not not quite in the uh quite in the branson league yet but i'm sure he's uh nah. less than a few pounds behind him you, you guys heard of mark laurie uh, honestly no i've not heard of him but maybe maybe it's is it like american people that said to you they'd heard of him Maybe it it's was more in fairness, yeah. Thing. Some of the Americans right, on the team, yeah. Because yeah. he was a Walmart. He was president of Walmart, wasn't he? So maybe that's why. Uh, is he big over um, in Australia, Liam? Mark Laurie? No, mate. No, I can't say I've heard of him. I don't, I don't know how big diapers.com is over here either, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah same. Same as <laughs> Sounds like a load of, I won't say, I won't say the phrase, but diapers.com sounds like a load of yeah anyway uh so this guy mark laurie who we've now sorry mark if you're listening but we don't really know we didn't know who you were before this anyway you seem like a very successful very wealthy guy fancy giving us a loan anytime hit me up mate you know where i am he is building a 400 billion dollar city from scratch in the u.s desert called Tolosa, which sounds lovely doesn't it mosey on down to Tolosa for the weekend gonna get the sunnies on go for a bit of a Bit of a swim, bit of a dip, have some lunch, bit round of a golf, you know. Yeah, I think Telos is a nice, sounds like a nice name for a city. Uh, actually comes from the Greek word telos, meaning highest purpose. And that is a prerequisite for the whole kind of tone and vision of this, which we're going to come back to and chat to you about a little bit later on. Worth saying, uh, Mark, it does not have 400 billion in the bank. He uh, is not coughing up for all of this. He's going to start the development, and then the plan is that other investors, property developers, uh, you know, locals, governments all chip in and start building on top of this city, and it eventually grows into a four hundred billion dollar worth city. Is the is the plan? Um, designed by Bjark Ingels for a change, seems to be uh, seems to be getting around a bit. Old Bjark Ingels with his sketchbook, didn't he? Um, don't know, he didn't <laughs> where's the time? Don't know where's the time? I think it's a big company, in fairness, but yeah. He's busy, old Bjarka. Especially uh, a whole city, mate. Especially a whole well, city. Like, it's mental, isn't it? I know. He must be knackered. Must be knackered. Whole thing <laughs> is spread over 150,000 acres uh, and it's going to consist of 36 districts radiating out from a central tower. And each of those districts are going to be developed using a 15 minute city concept, which, as you guys know, as you've listened to this podcast many times, is the concept where everything you need is within a 15-minute walk or public transport ride of your front door. So your doctors, your school, the place where you work, where you get your groceries, where you pick up your Amazon parcels, I don't know, whatever you might need, is all within 15 minutes of your front door. So you get a local community feel, but within a bigger urban area. That urban area is going to be pretty big. So Tolosa aims to house 50,000 people by 2030 and then eventually grow to 5 million people over a 40-year period, where they expected to get to 5 million, it will become roughly the size of Chicago. Chicago is America's third largest city after New York and LA. So this is a pretty big thing. What do you guys make of all this? 
Um, mate, I um, I don't actually, I don't actually know. I, I to be honest, when I watched the video, I thought, what is the point? Like, what is the point <laughs> of building this? I really didn't get any answers from watching the video. I, I was still left at the end. I was just like, but why, why build this? Mm. What do you think, Luke? I I think um, I think a lot of things. I think something like this that's this grand and this big is an admirable idea, right? And it's not. This isn't a new idea, right? Particularly in our our country, the idea of new towns. Yeah, whether it's Milton Keynes or good old sunny Basildon, Bas Vegas, <laughs> they serve. <laughs> um, Yes, I'm, ma- I'm making I'm making the comparison now, mate. I'm making the comparison now. Um, or or even Las Vegas. Las Vegas was a was kind of like a new town, wasn't it? They're built in the middle of nowhere. That's a good good um, good example. But I think that the the intentions are noble, right? The intentions are good. I just think when you're looking at the renders, when you're looking at the ideas of it, it's um. It's maybe a little bit sci-fi, you know, like like you've got these little pods going around on monorail lines and there's no cars. And I understand why it's just in execution and in reality, you know, let's say, and this is the example I thought of, let's say Telos has been built like in the middle of Utah or something, yeah, and you've got friends an hour away in a different town or a different city, you know, how are you going to get there? Especially with your like US public scooter, transport. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to see I'm starting to really see like where Liam stands <laughs> on his project. I think I think I think there's maybe just some like real world issues that just like I, I think Liam's right that haven't really been addressed. But that doesn't mean that the idea can't be done. That doesn't mean that the idea isn't necessarily a bad one. I think in some ways it's a really, really decent idea. Um but it's maybe it's a bit all over the place. I don't know. Yeah. That's that's the impression I got. Yeah, it's worth saying they don't actually know where this is going to be yet. So it's going to be in either Utah, Arizona, or Nevada, which is doesn't doesn't exactly narrow it down. But it's a very hot, deserty corner of the USA. So you're right, getting between towns uh, on an electric bike is going to be a pretty <laughs> pretty hot experience. Um, we're also he's, he's gone big on sustainability with it. So it's going to be powered by renewables. They're going to put solar panels on homes. Obviously, solar is going to work well in that corner of the world. Uh, food's going to be grown and developed aeroponically in these vertical farms, electric and autonomous vehicles, as we said. So there's going to be like, there's going to be a ban on fossil fuel vehicles. There's going to be very minimal car use. Any cars that are used are going to have to travel very slowly around the city for safety. But yeah, electric and autonomous mm. vehicles, pedestrians and bikes put in, put to the front, rainwater capturing systems, all the kind of stuff that goes with a, uh, you know, a sustainable city. So, so yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. We got an interview with Mark Law. I'm sorry, Mark Laurie as part of this uh, part of this video. I think I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast because we've we've uh, established that we don't know who he is and we think he's, he's a bit like Basildon or Milton Keynes. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you what do you actually think of it though? What do you actually think of it? Like, do you think this is feasible, Fred? Yes, I do, and I think. Okay. Once you get past, uh, yeah, on the surface, you've got a billionaire who's got a lot of money, who could do all sorts of things, who is trying to custom build a city that feels very ambitious, looks very over the top, and feels a bit like out of touch with with most people. But when you look at what 
when you, you know, some of that you have to have the crazy renders you have to have the futuristic high ambitions in order to get people to show an interest put it on the news talk about it to drive investments that bit's kind of in a way quite clever and i think the thing about mm. using his money and his influence to show what a good city could be like so that people can learn from that and build on it and it can be like a model for how we build in the future is pretty inspiring it's worth saying that has been tried multiple times throughout history. I mean, even as far back as you know, ancient times, they've tried to custom build these cities as like models of what the future could be. Walt Disney did it. Bill Gates has done it. Elon Musk is trying to do it. You know, it's 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 not a new thing, but what he's doing and what he's got together here, I think, is pretty impressive. Once you can see past all the the craziness and the outlandish renders and the you know eye watering sums of money going in, that's that's my view i like that in the last year or so we've had announcements like in saudi arabia about the line you know um and the water city it's mentioned in the video but the floating city and where where is that korea right yeah south korea yeah yeah south korea um this out of all of those announcements of like new cities with new ideas new concepts um, this one to me still feels the most grounded. And I think that's a little bit crazy that out of all of them, this feels the most grounded because the line that feels like something like Blade Runner, you know, the floating city. Um, I, I just can't really see it happening. This, even like the name, you know, the name feels realistic, like Tolosa. Oh, hi, I'm from Tolosa, Nevada. Like, yeah, okay, I, I, you know, I buy into it. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a real place already. I, I, I like the ideas. I just think it's going to come down to the the execution. And to say stuff like, oh, yeah, it's going to be, by X amount of time, it's going to be probably the third largest city in the, in, in the US after New York and LA. Everything sounds fabricated it doesn't sound organic and that is the whole idea of a new city or a new town whatever right but i always find like the most interesting places will be organic you know they start off as small settlements and villages and they grow into their personality they grow into um a, a place that people want to live in and i think at times um, Mark was saying, look, this is going to be, what was he saying? Like, you know, people go around with like college or university sweaters saying like, you know, Oxford or like Yale in America or something like they're proud to come from that, that college or uni. Um, he wants people to wear Telosa on a t-shirt and stuff. And I was like, well, people, people are, some people in some areas are already proud to be from there do you know what i mean and they're they're not perfect but the reason they're proud to be there is usually because of the personality in a city you know whether that is and the art scene or things to do the food scene whatever nightlife scene maybe um this doesn't strike me as one of those places do you know what i mean it's not going to have like an underground like garage music movement or anything like that. You, you know, I can't see it. It just seems too clinical. It seems like a hospital room, maybe. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, like I, I, I'm trying to figure out what's going to drive people. I know he says in a part of the video he needs 50,000 people to move in overnight. But what 
yeah, touching on what you're saying, like, well, I don't see any driving factors to to drive these people there. Just for me, I can't see any. You know, what are the what no. are the benefits? Because I mean, the renders and things like that it looks nice, but it kind of reminds me of like a um, outback farming community. You know what I mean? You've got like glass houses everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's one of the renders. <laughs> I was like, looks like it's just a bunch of glass houses, like growing tomatoes and pumpkins and things like that. I was like, what's the drive to to get people to live there? You know, like exactly what you're saying. Where's where's the culture? Things like that. I mean, you can't just install that, right? It comes over time, but yeah, that initial driving factor. What's that? Yeah. And it, and it I, sounds like it would need some high-end people from high-end jobs to even, like, maintain a place like this. Yeah, like the caretakers of a city like this will need to be, like, pretty much engineers, wouldn't they? You know, I could be wrong on this, but that's, like, the impression I get. And why would a high-value, high-income person go, yeah, do you know what, let me give this, let me give this a go, unless they're being paid a ridiculous amount of money. And that's where the sort of engineered versus organic argument comes in. You know, you can't do something like this unless you're getting paid an absolute mint. Would you? Like, that's, you talk about why anyone would live here. If money, right? People would move because of money. People move because of new jobs. People might be like, you know what? This is my opportunity in life. But Again, I, I, I would argue that doesn't equate to the vision of this being almost like a utopian society. Yeah, I guess it's interesting. Like I was thinking, if you if you fast forward, I don't know what it is, five years, or up, up to 2030 when this thing is open, and you imagine on the news there's a big story out there that a, a billionaire has built a new custom-built city in the desert and there's plans to grow and expand over time. I can imagine people wanting to buy into it and or, or you know invest in it and buy a property there, put a stake down there, get you know get a place for their business, their restaurant, wherever it may be, a, a home, a flat there because they're interested in seeing where it could go to. But then like, what kind of people have you got moving into your city then? Is it all second homes and rich people? Mm-hmm. I don't know how do you that's that's a question I had about like you say who's moving there to start off with, who's going to get this going in the first instance to be pretty pretty interesting it's worth saying that there's a much bigger underlying principle this whole thing is built on called equitism which from what we can find out seems to be a mark laurie coined term and phrase Uh, and he's using that as basically the basis for this entire city so the whole principle that this society is being built on is one of equitism earlier on i mentioned 36 districts radiating out from this very cool looking central tower that central tower in the middle of the city is called Equitism Tower. So it's getting a bit more utopian and, well, dystopian really all the time. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Equitism is an economic system where all residents have a stake in the city's land. As the value of the land increases, plots can be sold to create an endowment. The money gained will then go back to the city to fund social services like education and healthcare. Worth pointing out, community land trusts like that aren't new. There's actually about I think about 300 across the US, but this would obviously far and away be the largest one. $400 billion new city in the desert would be the largest one. Um, Historically, that model has helped uh, maintain affordability for future low-income families. Uh, It's worth pointing out, I think we've spoken a lot about affordable housing and the lack of affordable housing in our cities on this podcast a few times before. Mm -hmm. That kind of principle, that idea could be pretty useful for other cities. Um, it, it, like I said earlier, I'm, I think this is quite an interesting idea. I could see it having legs, but then you go and throw in the crazy equitism thing 
it feels a bit like um, Tom Cruise's Scientology. It just gets a bit up there for me. <laughs> yeah, hit the nail on the head there, mate. I was uh, looking for the right phrase and you, and you said it for me. <laughs> With the equitism thing, sorry, I don't, I don't know if I misheard you, but when, so when they sell their plot of land, that money is then reinvested into the community. So if I buy uh, a flat, whatever, a penthouse apartment, and then I want to go, I want to sell it, do I get the money back? Or is that... I believe you do, but some of the money goes to the city, I believe. All right. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a okay. shared thing, I, I believe. So I'm you get some here. of the profits. You get some of the profits. It's almost like a tax on top of the sale. So you'll have any profit of the value that goes up, but like a smidge of that will go back to the city, which isn't in some countries. That's the norm, isn't it? Like this What's isn't re- anything crazy new. It's like reverse stamp duty, isn't it? In a way. Yeah, I suppose so. Or it's really similar to stamp duty, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't think this is too dissimilar to a lot of other systems. I, I again, I think the concept is commendable, and I think maybe we're 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 um we we could be oversimplifying it, uh, or maybe I just don't fully understand it. That's probably more more realistic, to be honest. But um. If we go back to the point we made earlier, Fred, yeah, that the people who are likely to move here or to be incentivized to move here, particularly at the beginning, are probably going to be wealthy anyway. So what are you going to do? You're going to just like import import working class people and just like go, yeah, there you go. There's your gaff. There's your, there's your tower block. You look after that. And, and this city, Tolosa, doesn't take into account that, you know, there are working class people. There are poor people. There are um, people who bring down neighbourhoods. I'm not saying working class people do that. You know, I'm working class, but like even wealthy people do that. There are there there are some characters and some people that get banned from like the um, what is it over in the over in California, like the hills everyone lives in. Um, there, there are people that like get banned from like a street in an area pretty sure justin bieber did didn't he justin bieber got like banned from a street or something because they're like yeah we've had enough of living next to this guy um (laughs) and what you know know, just that's what i'm trying to say is that happens in london that happens in la that happens in new york right so Tolosa, that would happen but like it just it feels like this pitch and this dream this vision is sort of like devoid of any sort of realism like that, any sort of realistic sort of outlook. And I'll say this, Fred, like at least Vegas and Basildon, (laughs) the second time I've mentioned Basildon in this podcast, or somewhere like Milton Keynes or other new cities, like at least they were more grounded and realistic in what they wanted to be. And they knew they were homes for all types of people, not just one type of person. Like this doesn't talk about that. This doesn't really address that. And I know it's, you know, it's in the notes. We've got like that. It could help affordability for future low income families. Well, yeah, exactly. Future that's in the future and the future can be whenever. And historically speaking, I love history. Historically speaking, like the working classes get done over anyway. So you'll say, oh yeah, eventually you're going to get a reward. Eventually you're going to get this. And it doesn't happen because 
economies go up and down cities go up and down right now the more we're talking about it the more like the more like i think um holes in the armor in the old plot armor are are becoming apparent maybe i don't know (laughs) but that's not so what i want to reiterate the ideas aren't bad they're good ideas but lots of people have very very good ideas it's all about execution isn't it I think if you look at custom-built cities, like like you say, the garden cities in the UK, you know, Welling Garden City, Letchworth Garden City, uh, Milton Keynes, or any, any of these kind of custom-built cities around the world, they stand out. They just feel a bit different because they are custom-built. You know, Washington, D.C., I know that's going back a bit, but it does still feel quite different to the rest of the U.S. because it was master-planned by a European and it was custom-built with a kind of grid format. And... Whereas you compare that to some of the major urban centres like London, New York, Hong Kong, you know, they started as they started with a purpose. They grew from a location because of a purpose. You know, the, the trading ports, the that then, you know, with these huge gateways for trade and the industry grew up around that, homes grew up around that, offices, trading grew up around that, and then they have these these you know, huge accelerants through the through the Industrial Revolution and things. They're cities that mm. began organically with a beating heart and a purpose. What he's talking about here is walking into the desert. He doesn't know where yet, either Utah, Arizona, Nevada, <laughs> sticking a flag down in the middle of the sand and going, right, here, we're going to build the future. And, you know, in an area that's not really known for acres of rainfall or water or lush green plants or resources or trade, and go, we're going to build from scratch. Here. You, know, you're, you mean you're, you're pushing uphill already because you haven't got that purpose for a city there. Do you get what I mean? There's no, there's no draw. There's no massive trading hub. It's not like a well-connected, positioned city like Dubai, Dubai Airport. You know, it just feels a bit. Yeah. I don't want to knock it because I, I really, I'm, I really do admire ambitious entrepreneurs like this who are coming up with these, you know, visionary ideas and want to change the world with their, with their thoughts and and mm-hmm. values and ways of progressing mm-hmm. things. I really do, I really do appreciate and admire that. But knowing what we know about cities and construction. It just feels a bit like a bit of a challenge. Exactly, mate. Exactly. And and for what you've just said, and I, I want to also go, cover like the water and the greenery side of it because I think that's really interesting too. But like for me, mate, it feels like someone who is maybe or a group of people who are maybe a little bit detached from the idea of what a city is. It's like they don't actually live in a livable city. You know, this is trying to be a 15-minute city, which, again, is commendable. These these are good ideas. But where do these people live at the moment? Like LA? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, just seem, it seems like it's, people just aren't necessarily living in living in the real world and the equitism tower oh mate i i I think the tower itself is like (laughs) it's it's kind of like the definition of the whole thing and it's it's such an odd idea it's like Mm. a monument to this idea i'm not sure yeah and that's not a that's not i believe not supposed to be a skyscraper that's like got offices in it or for a purpose It's, it's like a sort of spiraling viewing platform um right it's like a park Yeah, we're residents mm, together. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> I mean, it's just weird. Mm. That's just weird. Like, why, <laughs> That's very we, weird. You'd just go to a park, wouldn't you? You'd just go to a park. Yeah? like, Or if you want to go to a skyscraper, you'd go to a viewing platform on top of a skyscraper where offices or apartments are. I can see Fred's like, oh, 
I'm not, I'm not I sure know, on like, that. Is it, is it weird or is it just different to what we are used Maybe. to in our major cities around the world? Like, do you need a big, bold, different idea, different way of living? You know, our cities at the minute, that they, yeah, they work, but there's also all kinds of problems with, with pollution and wealth inequality and homelessness mm. and... Yeah, not exactly, not exactly perfect places. So maybe, maybe I don't know. I kind of, I kind of keep an open mind with it. I, I see my my pessimistic side, my my pragmatic side sees a lot of yeah. challenges with this. But equally, I kind of admire the vision behind it. So, uh, me too. Yeah, me too. But there's only so. I suppose in a discussion like this, there is only so much you can go with by saying, "Yeah, hey, like I admire this vision." I admire that. I like the idea of that. When you're talking about something that costs, what is it, 400 billion, 400 billion US dollars, you could be going, ah, do you know what? Maybe put that money into feeding people or something. <laughs> you know, you can't help. And, and people can spend their money on what they want, right? But like, I can't help when, you, when you're talking about this sort of money that is, that, that is equal to some countries' economies, yeah? Like, you can't help but feel, is, is this where we should be investing our money? Is this the future? Is this really what? So it's it's a fine balance, and it's not for me to say whether that's right or wrong. It's not for us to say if it's right or wrong. But like, I I think it's important to have these sort of conversations, and also to say, do you know what? It's a nice idea, but I think in reality, <laughs> I think there's a lot of other things we should be doing. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're spot on, Fred. Maybe we're like we're conditioned, and I think this is there's some truth in this as well. We're conditioned to be like, no, life is in what we know it at the moment. Life is in our little cities, our nine to fives. You know, we use uh, cars that aren't good for the environment. We use things that aren't good for the environment, and sadly, that's the reality of of the world, really. But. Yeah, I mean, Mark, like, it's worth saying Mark Laurie is, he's not, as I said earlier, he's not putting the full 400 billion in from his bank account. It's, it's going to be a 400 no. billion worth developed city. But but the guy, the guy is a multi, multi billionaire. He's one of the richest men in the US. You know, he's, a, he's, he's got some money and, and he could do anything with that money. Same goes with Richard Branson, you know, who's spending money on going to space and putting satellites into orbit. It's true. Bill Gates is planning to build this thing called Belmont in Arizona. Elon Musk is doing. You know, spending billions on Twitter and Starlink and SpaceX and all this sort of different stuff. And I mean, we've spoken about it before. Like, you think these billionaires would do, there's so much else they could do with their money on education, healthcare, feeding people, you know. And they do, it's worth saying, they do all do a lot of charity work. They do a lot of giving. They have foundations, right. they have all sorts of good causes they support to the tune of, you know, millions, if not billions of dollars. But yeah, I know completely what you mean. You think well, the money they're pouring into space and building cities and other crazy stuff or buying social media companies like Twitter, you think, ah, oh, you could do anything. You could, there are so many problems in the world. I could give you a list of 50 massive problems right now you could solve overnight with your money. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Would you guys, would you guys visit here when it opens? I'd rather, I'd rather go to New York or LA yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Probably not in my top ten places to visit, mate. In America, no. Oh, I'd I'd, pro- I'd I'd prefer to see the line rather than Tolosa. If I'm being honest, if if both of them get built, I'd I'd much prefer visiting the line. 
Yeah, I think I'd agree. As much as I think the line is absolutely mental, <laughs> and it is mental. Exactly. Um, I, the, <laughs> that's kind of the reason why you'd go, oh, yeah. Do you know what? That's, 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 uh, that, yeah. Telosa is, it's, it's funny. It's funny. It's a funny one. I think the, um, the mention of like water and greenery in the city as well is just worth a quick, quick mention that like to build a city out of nothing, you need water. And it, it, it's funny how that's such a basic, basic thing, isn't it? And we're still, we're still so reliant on just like water sources for civilization. Yeah, so we talk about worth, it in the video as well. Like the Hoover Dam was a project that enabled it brought power and water to basically the most of the the southwestern United States. And it was an infrastructure project that enabled lots of other things to happen. So there is there is better infrastructure in this part of the world than there was before. But like I said earlier, you're pushing uphill to start with. You're building in a desert to start with. There's not acres of water or ports or you know trees around. It's it's a difficult place to start from. Um. Yeah, a sort of thing, a city I can imagine connecting through on a flight. I mean, if they had a well-positioned airport with some good restaurants, <laughs> you have to go to Losa, get some equitism, the equitism sub, the equitism wrap, I don't know, equitism cocktail, <laughs> equitism <laughs> bar. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, That's the biggest compliment, mate. Well done. <laughs> see, you can see to having a connection through. I love it, mate. Love Shout it. out to uh, well, Mark Laurie. Listen to this, mate. We've we've started off by saying we don't know who you are. Then we've dissed your uh, dissed your city, questioned it, said you could spend your money on other things, compared it to Basildon, Milton Keynes, the equitism Stick it in your restaurants. And if yeah. they if they open this and there's an equitism sub on sale somewhere, I want the royalties for that. It was founded here. Yeah, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, in Surrey. <laughs> Let us know what you think about this, guys. Would you visit Telosa? What do you think of Equitism? Who's going to live there? Is it a good idea? Bad idea? Do you support Mark Laurie? Do you not sort of sure what he's doing with this? What do you think of the BR Kingles designs? Let us all know. Email us at podcast at the b1m.com. Also in the news this week, we are swinging over to Beijing, where a pretty impressive new library is under construction and set to complete in 2023. So this is called the Subcenter Library. I hope they come up with a better name because it's not the most inspiring name. But anyway, the Subcenter Library uh, is is pretty dramatic. It looks very, very cool. Designed by Sneta, it's got this sculpted learning landscape. It's basically, it's hard to describe We're on audio medium, but basically there's this if you imagine like topography and hills, there's all these kind of layered stepped hills within this library. And some of them have got books in, some of them are for walking up, some of them are sitting on, some of them are for learning, chatting to your friends on, you know, wherever it may be. And then the whole thing is enclosed in this massive uh, glass, 16 meter high glass wall, sorry, 16 meter high, just to clarify, glass wall. And then it's got these white, columns rising up out of it like trees then fan out of the top and make this kind of canopy structure which forms the roof very dramatic very beautiful kind of library that i would be interested in visiting which is a high bar because there aren't many libraries that i'd be interested in visiting but this one is a good one it's an interesting one looks cool um yeah i like it photovoltaics on the roof solar powered what do you guys uh what do you guys think of this one uh i'm a big fan of this mate i love the um the lily pad style 
of the ceilings and the long sort of stalk stems leading up to it and letting in all the light. I think it looks amazing. Very, very relaxing, I'd say. Go there, spend the afternoon reading a couple books, you know. <laughs> what sort of books, mate? <laughs> what sort of books? Did you? Yeah, what's, what's on your reading list, Liam? Uh, I don't know if that'd be on display there, mate, to be honest. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Only because of the language, right? Only because yeah. of the language. Yeah. Most yeah. definitely, mate. Of course. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Luke? What kind of books would I, you I, park I, up I, and have a read of there? <laughs> Lots of different books, mate. History, oh, yeah. architecture. Oh, yeah. Any specific... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I listen. I I think I think this might be one of the best projects um, we've seen in this <laughs> this year. But also, like since we've been doing this podcast, like since we've been covering the news in architecture and construction, this might be one of my favourites. I think it's phenomenal i think it's beyond gorgeous it is whoa yeah it's 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 phenomenal it's it's incredible it's like it's a perfect balance between like um a statement and understated it's not too in your face and yet it's still organic i i there's everything about it is is class it just screams mm. class it scream and it does what it's meant to do like what you said, Liam, you meant to just go there, relax, study, right, and research, learn. And you can do that here. It's phenomenal. It's absolutely outstanding. The only issue that I thought of, and it's not really an issue, but I thought... There is. Look, I knew, I knew like, and there is. What? I knew yeah. there'd be something. Yeah. Go on. There was a but. Why? <laughs> There's no, no pets so, at home. So British, mate. Yeah. <laughs> So go and have a moan, mate. Well, yeah. right. I've already, I've said, I've said it now. But look, let's <laughs> so British. Let's imagine the sunlight is coming through the petals, right? First, I don't know where the lighting's coming from. I don't know where the light's coming from. Like when it's nighttime, don't know where that's coming from. And then you've the natural light. The sun moves, doesn't it? So let's say I'm in like a nice, well lit area. I'm reading my book. Oh, the light's gone. Give it 10 minutes. Light's gone. I'm in the dark. Right. Let me get up and move. Oh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And just like, let's say, oh, do you know what? I've had a bit. Oh, it's hot outside. Like, let me go get some shade in the library. I'm, I've found a nice, uh, cushy little spot. Give it five minutes. The sun's coming in and moving. <laughs> moving on my spot. I'm thinking, ah, oh, flaming hell. I'm going to have to move again. <laughs> You know, I don't think you'd be reading a book that long in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. 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 I'm still like you'd be there for Whoa. five hours having a, having a good read. I see, yeah, I see what you're saying. Might if, be. You, <laughs> if you look at slide four, <laughs> there's one light I've found yeah. right at the very top of the staircase. But, I mean, if they're at the top of the, the tulip, or the, the top of the stalks, the stems, whatever you want to call them, They've, they've got to be pretty powerful oh. to get the lights down, especially in that main center bit. Eagle-eyed. Yeah. That's the, that's the only that's one I spot. It's important for reading light. It is, mate. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a good point. Those those apparently those columns have got like the building management system in and heating in and all sorts. They're very fancy columns, but I know what you mean. Also, where are the little study rooms? We used to have study rooms at the old uh, Loughborough University Library, and you could uh, do what you ever do whatever you wanted in there. It's like a little little cubicle you could go in. Oh, Great, you should wow. spend the day what? there sometimes. <laughs> yeah, mate, all sorts <laughs> happened the, in those rooms. Mountains, all sorts went what? on in those rooms. I tell you, <laughs> jeez. There was all kinds of rumours. <laughs> Never to me. I had, I had a boring life. I had my head down in my books, learning, geeking out, <laughs> playing Lego. Playing I can Lego. imagine that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you look at slide two, moving on. If you look at slide two, like you said, Fred, there's no like little rooms to go and read. So is everyone, are you just going to sit in the sort of auditorium looking stairs reading, right? I... There, there is little rooms under the hills, under the Teletubby hills. <laughs> you see, there's an entrance <laughs> to. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> there is an entrance. Like... There's an entrance, eh? yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's where you're going to have your more conventional rooms and meeting rooms and like podcast studios, maybe. Uh, Who knows? I like it. I think it is very mm. beautiful. It's surrounded by forests as well. So they've kind of made this like an extension of the forests. It's. Like I say, it's yeah. completely different to anything else we've seen before. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. Lots of uh, nice comments on this as well. So people saying, this is absolutely amazing, incredible design, really cool, great use of the lily pad effects. Uh, someone mm. saying it reminds them a lot of Frank Lloyd Wright's Johnson Wax headquarters. Um, go and have a Google on that one. I'm not sure what that looks like. Uh, looks amazing. Yeah, lots of, uh, lots of nice comments. In fact, it's almost unanimously nice comments, which is pretty cool. So... Yeah, let us know what you think about that one, guys. Have a look. It's on our Instagram, also across our social channels. Uh, yeah, let us know what you thought about that one. Swinging back a bit closer to home, we're going over to Canary Wharf in London for, I think, probably a less exciting building. But um, Cone Pedersen Fox, KPF, uh, have designed and are constructing Europe's largest and most technologically advanced commercial health and life sciences building. It looks about as exciting as it sounds, I would say. This is uh, a new vertical <laughs> campus that's rising at North Quay in Canary Wharf. I have to say, I think it could have been very easy here to build a boring glass box and add yet another boring glass box into that corner of London. What they've done with this kind of coloured facades and the segments in the building and the park space out front, I think it I think it looks pretty good. It got a lot of likes, a lot of interest, some very nice comments about it. Um mm. But yeah, it's almost like it's done a really good job for where it is. If that's a kind of a weak compliment, I know, but I don't know. What do you reckon, Luke? Right. Um, KPF are a bit hit and miss sometimes, aren't they? Do you think? Like, sometimes they just like, <laughs> they just churn out stuff. And you're like, oh, mate, do you know what? This ain't it. I, I, do you know what? I think it's um, a bit like Tolosa. It's admirable. It's admirable that they want to inject a bit of colour into Canary Wharf. Somewhere that is actually, or uh, as much as I like it, is maybe architecturally a little bit sterile. Um, it, it really comes down to execution, Fred. You know, because that those those color panels they could look so naff. They could look really, really naff. Like it could look like if this were proposed as like an apartment tower in like Lewisham in South London, I'd be like, oh yeah, fair enough, that looks about right. Whereas, 
<laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like there's something about it that 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 it needs to be the highest quality cladding. Otherwise, it's going to look really cheap, and it's going to look like an eyesore. And if I'm being completely honest, I think that um, it might even look a little bit aged. Like it mm. might look a little bit old once it's completed. I don't know. There's something about it that I'm. It looks okay, and it could look better than that in real life. But let's see. Liam, am I being too negative, mate? Am I being the stereotypical British person here? Or? Not this time, mate. Not this time. I think um, when you think of Europe's largest and most technologically advanced commercial health and life sciences building, if you said to me, oh, we're going to show you a photo of this on Instagram, I would be expecting something completely different, something a little bit more advanced, a little bit more modern, a little bit more sleek, in my opinion. Oh. This, yeah, it looks quite retro. Yeah. Like, it looks quite retro to me. Yes, it um, does. It's kind of built in the, yeah, like like you said, an apartment building in, in Lewisham, um, or that would fit right in. I'd be like, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a residential tower there. Cool. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to yep. Lewisham. What, what's wrong with Lewisham? <laughs> I like Lewisham. <laughs> It's only because it's only it's only because I've there, seen like a load of skyscrapers. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is a specific apartment block in Lewisham that reminds me of this. I'm sure there is, friend. When Liam said, "When you think about Europe's largest and most technologically advanced commercial health and life sciences building," I don't think about that. I don't think about that very often at all. To be honest, the fact this is the first time I've ever realized. <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful to say <laughs> as well, mate. Sound... <laughs> yeah. Very niche, very niche. Yeah. <laughs> Do we think the third, the third <sighs> image of the the interior renders that doesn't look like the same building? I look at the the, the facade and I'm like, oh yeah. And then I look at this, I'm like, oh wow, okay, that looks quite nice. Um, you know, a lot of timber in there, looks quite cool. It's not what I was expecting. It's beautiful. The interior, I think, is gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely delicious. That spiral staircase, mate. Come on. It's mm. amazing. Yeah, it does look um, nice. But I know what you mean. Yeah, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to line up, does it, with the exterior quite. I don't know. Maybe it's like um like the cafeteria mm. or something. I d I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's calf. that. But um it's all it's also I think renders like this are a little bit tricksy, Fred. Because we're looking at its slimmer side. You notice that? Yeah. Yeah, we're looking at its slimmer side. So it looks like a slender kind of mid-rise. It's not. It's a fat boy. It is quite a wide tower. It might even be wider than it is taller. It's hard to tell. I haven't looked at um, the proposal from all angles. I'm sure there's more data on it somewhere. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The interior is nice. I think it does look nice. But again, it, that could be almost like any office interior these days. You know, it's a bit wee worky. It's very kind of, I don't know. It just it just feels a bit like every other office interior. It's definitely nice, but you, you, it could be anywhere in any office building. Um, it's worth saying it's rising behind the new Elizabeth Line Crossrail, Elizabeth Line Station there, which is a very nice looking building. That Crossrail place is a nice looking building. Also close to where they filmed a lot of Star Wars stuff. There's a lot of uh, Star Wars scenes filmed around that Canary Wharf entrance. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that I've been there. That's Canary Wharf. So it's very, very cool. Um, so yeah, people acknowledging that in the comments as well. People saying it's a nice part of Canary Wharf, one of the better bits of Canary Wharf. So hopefully they don't mess it up. 
Um, people are saying it's good. It's very near the Crossrail station. London's a great city. This is going to be a great building. Someone's saying it looks a bit like Hudson Yards in New York, which I do agree with. I'm not sure that's really a compliment because Hudson Yards is famously a little bit sterile. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mixed bag. Yeah. I, ho- I hope there's some, you know, um, my favorite tower in Canary Wharf at the moment is the old uh, Park Drive. You know, the. Um, oh, yeah. Who does it? You know Herzog. which one that is? Yeah, Herzog one, mate. That is unreal. That is a beautiful tower. Bit more of that, please. Bit more of that adds a bit more personality to the to the uh, to the fabric, the architectural fabric of the area too. Hundred percent. Well, we'll tell you what, we'll go and check that one out when it's uh, when it's completed. We'll go over to Europe's largest vertical health, whatever it is, and check it out. Have a look. Let you know what it's turned out like. Um, stick some pictures up. We'll have a chat about it on the podcast. Uh, now we are swinging over to uh, our reviews corner, but something's going on here because uh, this podcast has been absolutely booming in recent weeks. We've been racing up the charts. We're in incredible chart positions. We've got tens of thousands of people downloading and listening. But we sit here every week and say, "Leave your reviews, uh, click the star button." And not many of you are doing it. So either you're all listening and we have zero influence, and you're not, you know, doing what we say. <laughs> Or you don't like the podcast, but still listening to the end. So what? what is it, guys? Come on. Get your reviews coming in. Yeah. Click the star button. What's happening? What, what, what have we got this know. week, Luke? Right. Well, firstly, I'd like to say it's the, the, the Spotify listeners are more active than the Apple listeners in reviews. Um, so you can review us on both Apple and Spotify. But we actually got a lovely email from Arthur Kaspelher. Kaspela, I think. I'm, I'm really sorry if I've butchered that. But he says this. He emailed us in. He said, hi, Fred and the B1M team. I recently watched uh, or listened to the most recent episode of the World's Best Construction Podcast. Really entertaining as always. I was especially impressed by the new skyscraper at 85 Grace Church Street in London. I think the design looks cool and fits the city really well. Well, Arthur, I thought the same thing too, mate. Um, he goes on to say, just wanted to say how much I appreciate the podcast you guys have created. It's the perfect combination of informative content as well as fun, casual, wait for it, banter, and is great to listen to while going about various daily tasks. I think this was briefly mentioned before, but I also love the music you use for the intro and outro. So they're not all me, Liam. They're not all me, these (laughs) these messages. They're not fake messages, mate. Burner account, mate. (laughs) Keep pushing yeah, your another intro music. One. I'm, another a, one. I'm a fan of the intro music, mate. I love it. <laughs> I do. I don't know where this is yeah, going from. Cheers, mate. Thanks, no, Thanks Arthur. No. Right. Well, he also he, he's also got a question, right? He says, I also had a general question regarding the channels, so the, the YouTube channels. Um, he was curious as to why you decided to create a tomorrow's build in addition to the B1M and how you decide which videos are posted on the B1M and which goes to uh, tomorrow's build. Greetings from Perth and uh, have a good 2023. Um, Arthur, mate, thanks for sending that in. Fred Adaya, what, what, what have you got to say about the tomorrow's build thing? <laughs> what have you got to say about this? What's yeah. your response? Um, it's a really good question. So we decided with tomorrow's build because when we first had the b1m and it was just one channel 
it was very mm. broad and it was everything from uh skyscrapers to dams to climate change to sustainability to rail lines and it it was it was kind of a very broad spectrum and there's this real urgency that's come about now with how we build the future and how we build a better world and what we wanted to do was pull out the those really urgent most compelling most exciting stories about how we build the future and create a separate standalone channel about them almost create this kind of easy to go to resource kind of like a manifesto for how we build the future of this planet we wanted to lift up the the best ideas out there we wanted to lift up the people who are trailblazing work right now and share it today so that people can build a better tomorrow and that's the idea where the whole tomorrow's build brand came from and the thing with tomorrow's build is that we really want to we don't just want to go far-fetched crazy stuff it has to be grounded in reality it has to be stuff that's actually happening actually got a backer actually moving forward in some way um mm-hmm. so yeah it's it, it's been it's been really good to see that come to life and it's it's basically given us a much more directed audience so we've got but with the two channels split out now uh we've got that really uh powerful resource for driving the future driving all this important stuff around climate change how we build a better world with tomorrow's build it's become a much more powerful standalone vehicle while giving b1m a stronger identity as well because it's become this there's a that that bit less within b1m at the moment um so yeah i hope that makes sense i've waffled a bit there do you want to add anything to that liam that kind of makes sense yeah mate absolutely it's good to diversify i think we definitely needed it across both both channels um i'm just waiting for someone to send in an email and ask you what b1m stands for mate it's the amount of emails i get <laughs> weekly and then the comment section is insane i've been in nearly five years i reckon i get emailed three times a week about it there so you if go. anyone wants to video about write it. In- i've explained it multiple i know yeah i've explained it multiple times on podcasts <laughs> we'll leave that for a different episode guys you have to tune in you have to give give a send us an email write us a nice review click that star button and i'll explain it in a future episode but like uh one of those one of those tv shows remember lost where it's like oh the, the expo- show, unexplained mate. thing is uh just never going to be explained to you it's just oh yeah we're going to tell you we're going to tell you and they never actually do did yeah, yeah. is that Classic the ending JJ i never actually the ending that. I tuned out the last season. I hey, was what? like, this, the, the black smoke started appearing. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. Like polar bears and stuff were running around. Is it polar bears? Yeah, polar bears. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what was the ending of Lost? I think I I actually never watched it, but I'm, I think it's that they were basically in purgatory and that they all died. So they were in like the in-between like life and death. Oh, and that was yay. the answer. Basically, basically, Liam... They they started the series, yeah, had a great idea, great concept, and mm. then didn't really know how to finish it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, listen, Telosa, all of these pl- places, <laughs> lost should be should be could be a good a good uh, example, a good analogy of where where your project could go if you don't execute it properly. I'm kind there of there go. with the uh, I'm kind of there with the Handmaid's Tale at the minute as well. That seems to be just now rolling on from series to series. Apparently, the next series is the last, so we'll see what happens with uh, with Gilead and all that stuff. Other one I watched recently was Wednesday on Netflix, which Caroline, my wife, got me into. I was a bit skeptical. Really, really good, but it got to the last episode, and I was like, "We better find out who this monster is and what's going on, because if they kick this into a second season, I ain't going to be happy." But luckily, they did reveal maybe, it. So. Maybe we need to see some Fred Mills dances like mm. the Wednesday dance on TikTok, mate. Mm. 
Yeah. Race shirt money. on or shirt off? Off, obviously. Right. <laughs> you wouldn't mind that though, mate. <clears throat> Let's put a pin in that. We'll come back to that one. Maybe. No idea is a bad idea at brainstorming stage. We might come back to that one. Um, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, let us know what you thought of all the stuff we talked about. And please, please get some five-star reviews. If you're not interested in other star reviews, just get five-star reviews and nice comments, emails, and feedback coming in. Uh, Luke and Liam, how's, how's this week been for you? Has it been you enjoyed a little chat? It's been grand, mate. I've had to, uh, I've got to have my little moan and, and my praise as well. And I've got it out of my system now. I can crack on with the rest of the week. That's it, mate. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I feel you, Luke. I feel you. Um, yeah, good, mate. It's good. It's good to um, be kicking off the year with two strong podcasts. I think. Looking forward to see what 2023 brings on. Absolutely, I'm fascinated to know what your reading list is now, Liam. As well, like I just want to know. I thought you should publish your top ten books, top ten reads, mate. I I think the <laughs> last book I read was was Sapiens, and I read half of it, and I was like, oh, mate, this this is just repeating itself over and over. <laughs> since i've had kids uh, reading books just just completely evaporated we used to uh used to buy a book at the airport read on a holiday those days are long behind me last book i read was the gruffalo there you go it's all kids books now. <laughs> what's the last book you read luke <laughs> i'm intrigued on this um i read a few different books mate the last one i read was on um these mid-century designers Oh. Um, what's their names? Eames. Ray, is it Ray and Charles Eames? You know, the guys who design like furniture and stuff. Believe oh, wow. it or not, that is the last book I read. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. You made us very, so, very uncultured. Are you there. expecting like, oh, Star Wars was, or something yeah. like that? <laughs> yeah. I'm actually not into the Star Wars books. I, you know, I, I actually the- have, a, have a thing about that where I'm like, nah, not yeah. for me. Not for me. Stick to one form of media highbrow you're so highbrow i know you made us look very uh pathetic there luke what can i say don't read you've got some fancy (laughs) book you've read about i'm like the the embodiment of the uh nail emoji you know the nail getting the old uh, nail gloss like the finer things in life mate listen if people ain't tuned out of this episode by now Then I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with their life. We've definitely digressed. We've digressed, guys. Get your comments coming in. Podcast at bnm.com. Thanks for listening. Tell your mates for this podcast on. We love you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>